Trigger warning. This episode includes the topic of sexual assault and rape. If you feel that this episode will impact your mental health or recovery negatively, then please give it a miss and join us next time. Hello, I'm Phoebe and this is Anita and welcome to Sex Re-Ed, the podcast where we discuss all the ways sex education has let us down and encourage reform and re-education through open and honest conversations. No more shame, stigma or silencing. So welcome Anita, it's been a while since we did our last podcast. How have you been? I'm getting vaccinated next week. Ooh, so, so this is all we are moving for real Love this it. time today's episode is centered around the topic of consent so a little trigger warning before we begin but there may be mention of sexual assault sexual harassment and um, or even rape in this episode so we'll include a little trigger warning in the caption as well um so yeah to kick off the podcast we're going to think about what consent actually is. It's a word that's thrown about a lot in our snowflake generation, but we need to think about why it actually is important rather than just being something that is uh, kind of like a fad or like a trend that's, that's appeared recently and why people are becoming a lot more conscious of it. So um, a UK-wide awareness campaign called UK Says No More um, states that the legal definition of consent is when we agree by choice and when someone has the freedom and capacity to make that choice. So if you say yes to an act or an activity because you fear for yourself or your loved one's life, you did not give consent. You don't give consent if you're asleep, if you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol, if you're coerced or if you're scared. So that makes it very tricky to define, but there's also ways that it can be easier to define as well. That's not a, a get out of jail free card for people who want to abuse the idea of consent. But we're also going to talk later in the podcast about how consent doesn't have to be viewed as this negative, scary thing as well. So just to get started, Anita, what do you think consent means to you there are more nuanced definitions of it you know it's often not just sexual so what is your take on consent it's the ability to say yes to something completely free of of pressure as you say lots of situations where someone can't consent also uh, if someone is underage if someone's a child they also um can't consent um but also as you said it's not just sexual um you know consent is about the freedom to say yes or no to anything and as you say it's become this kind of buzzword where you know it's included in like all these articles and like you know right wing left wing whatever and I think a lot of people don't understand what it actually means and how simple it is. Like at its core, consent is just basic respect for another person's autonomy and um, another person's freedom, really. It's a very broad topic, but, and it's, and it's very nuanced. It can be very complicated, but I think if you're a decent person that respects other people, it's not that hard. We no. just need to change the narrative surrounding it so that people 
can understand uh, better what consent is and yeah. uh, and crucially what consent isn't? Oh, it comes down to the fact, let's say I have some donuts and I say, Anita, would you like a donut? And you say, no, thank you. I'm fine. I don't really like donuts. That is consent. And that does not have to be an analogy for sex in the way that there was that famous video go around with someone doesn't want tea don't force feed them tea if they're drunk they don't want tea that is just if you offer someone tea and they say no or they say yes that's that's consent because I think as you said the buzzword of it in a sexual context so it being kind of the me too movement talking about consent or people sharing experiences of like unpleasant experience unpleasant experience sharing using the word consent that gives it a lot of negative attention even though these people are striving just to be heard and be respected but you're always going to have those people that will be like oh jumping on the bandwagon with consent but down to its core if you ask someone for you know if they would like something that just is basic consent and but obviously we want to focus on it more of kind of in a sexual nature when it comes to sex education there's a real absence of it in school the word consent wasn't like so many of these terms we discuss on these on these episodes the word consent wasn't talked about at all in school like I didn't know what consent was until I came to uni and I started hearing about kind of the big bad world and how scary things do happen and how consent wasn't given and that's the negative sort of idea of consent that's pushed forward Mm -hmm. in your everyday narrative um how do you how much of a problem do you think it is that young people and children aren't taught about consent in school I mean that could be sexual or otherwise but I mean I guess our focus here is sexual nature so like the analogy that you were talking about before that tea analogy and stuff um of course that's one way to understand what consent is and put it in very simple terms but what is so different when we're talking about this is it's it's not a cup of tea or you know as simple as would you like an apple or a do- it's yeah. like it's someone's body as well so there's a, a, another level of freedom autonomy of respect that comes with that and so I think when you're talking about um, a lack of it in in sex education, what you're really not teaching kids, teenagers, everyone to do is to understand that respect is integral to yeah. not just a sexual relationship, any kind of re- relationship, like um, any sort of physical intimacy of any kind I think consent should be normalized as you know ask someone if they want a hug you know they might not and that's their body you know and that's their space that you're invading potentially uh you know Phoebe we lived together um for a sweet year and I'm not that much of a hug hugger. person I'm not a massive hugger you love a hug right I love a hug <laughs> she loves a hug but it was very normal for us in our dynamic that you would ask me can I give you a hug yeah. like and I would be like yes or sometimes I would be like no um not now thank you but like if you'd have just come up to me and like given me a hug, that doesn't make you some awful person that's done something yeah. massively wrong, is what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. just 
it's the small steps. And then when it comes to like sex education, as you say, like, I, I feel like in my school, I, it was mentioned, but it was mentioned in terms of like, also consent is important. Yes. Sex education is really setting the tone for people. And, you know, it's their school that's telling them this is what's important. And if that's left out, then it's harder to learn it. Uh, And it's harder to not be resistant to it because, uh, you know, as we were saying, some people would just roll their eyes and be like, what's wrong with giving someone a hug? Like nothing, but just what's wrong with checking they want that? Like also nothing. It means that at a later stage, whenever say you're a very sexually active person, um, and you, some you've been with someone who's comfortable with one thing, and then mm-hmm. someone new that's not comfortable with another thing. You're not left going, wait, but hang on, why mm-hmm. aren't I entitled to that? Um, and I think a lot of it comes down if you don't understand basic consent, um, and there's nothing wrong with not understanding and wanting to learn more. If you don't understand basic consent and continue to not understand it and avoid teaching yourself about it you're gonna get this sense of entitlement I can mm-hmm. do what I like um, and obviously you've got the extremes in in society when you know people are are victim to rape people are assaulted because of someone actively ignoring a lack of consent mm-hmm. but even the small things like you could be in a relationship for years and kind of feel as if you are owed maybe a sexual act or even like a non-sex, like a hug, like a hug, you know? Um, and I think that, as you said, the sooner we're taught it, the sooner we're able to bring it into our everyday lives. You know, you wouldn't just snatch something off someone. You'd say, may I have that for it? Can I see, you know, that new toy that you've got? Can, can I see that new, that new gadget of yours? And if someone says yes, that's fine. If someone says no, then you have to respect that in the same exactly. way if people set boundaries for body parts you've got to respect that as you were saying before consent is also heavily tied in with the idea that you are free to make that decision so and it can fluctuate so I might feel like something one night and not another night and that's exactly and you know it's also knowing once you have um a relationship with someone whether that be romantic or or it's a family relationship or a, a friendship you do get to know them a little bit more so you you maybe know like where their general line Mm -hmm. is and you know I'm not saying that you can't place a hand on your friend's shoulder you know without asking them first Mm -hmm. but if you know that they're someone that doesn't like physical intimacy then yes they are someone that maybe you'd just be a little bit careful with that or even with people Mm -hmm. who are very physically affectionate sometimes you read their body language you can see they're stressed out or you can see that they're overwhelmed or they're just not feeling great and I anyway would even with people I know love a hug or love a little bit of physical affection if I got that body language from them and that kind of impression then that would still be a time where I'd be like do you need like a hug now like is that something that you need and if they say no then like that's also not an insult. I think that that's like yeah. another thing that's kind of tied up with a lack of education about consent. It's the idea that if someone says no, it's about you. Your it's ego's hurt. About them. Like it's about mm-hmm. what they want. And this is the problem when we when we have a, a society in you know, a sex education um, system, which is so focused on like yourself 
mm-hmm. you can't help sometimes I think but but take these things personally it's not personal I mean it could yes. be but <laughs> it's not always it's not automatically <laughs> exactly and you shouldn't assume sort of that as well you need to go in we do live in such a individualistic sort of heads like common shared headspace and you gotta just think everyone needs to think about other people more um but linked to what you're saying about kind of in sex education how um it's so self-centered yeah um in terms of teaching about what you will go through what you Uh will feel what you will do if you're going into sexual encounters be be it your first time be it your 42nd time you've got to remember that there are two people involved in this act and what one person wants might not be what the other person wants Mm -hmm. but this idea of entitlement when it's pushed too far it means that people can't have healthy relationships you can have healthy relationships and still be like "Mm, what's consent Mm -hmm. um because we we learn and and we can educate ourselves every day but I think when it comes to people that assault others people that go out for that you know instant gratification and, and just hurt other people and ultimately sometimes ruin lives um definitely change lives you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that just comes from a complete lack of respect for others which really does boil down to not even considering the idea of consent in a sexual nature I don't know how true this is because I I'm just kind of playing amateur psychologist here but I I feel like there are there are some people who they they do something like that and they they understand that they're crossing these horrific lines and there's something severely wrong with them and they want to exert that power. But I also think there are so many people that don't realize that they've done it. And that then leads into this whole narrative of like, he said, she said sort of thing, Mm -hmm. because someone can be like, well, you did this to me. And they're like, what you know even the fact that in so many countries still um rape within marriage is legal and is is not counted as as rape there's a narrative uh surrounding assault that it's always a stranger in a dark alleyway um which it can be absolutely it can be but actually the the evidence suggests that the vast majority of assaults, sexual assaults of rapes happen um, from someone that the, that the victim knows uh, yeah. and often within a relationship. And I refuse to believe that every single one of those people knows what they're doing. That's yeah. why I think it's such a <sighs> dangerous Thing to ignore in sex education because I think so many of these things could be avoided I'm sure there's lots lots of people who who do cross that line and then later understand why they did and, and that they did but equally I think there are so many people that they do it and then it comes out and they're so resistant to admit it because they don't understand not just what consent is but also what assault is and yeah and what rape is it it's a really obviously very very like dark subject but I also think it's incredibly taboo um and that just really isn't helpful for anyone because 
it silences survivors who feel like they can never talk about it because people get so uncomfortable and also it it shuts down any healthy conversation and dialogue about what this issue actually is and what can be done to um to prevent it there's there's as you said there's a disproportionate kind of balance between how taboo the subject is and how many people are affected mm. by you know a lack of consideration for consent so you put that really really well mm. um let's think about consent as rather than you saying yes or no how it manifests in so many other ways um there are some I'm one of these people if I'm kind of confronted with a would you like this or do you want to do this in any shape or form I'll avoid I'll see a face I'll avoid doing anything to be blunt so I'll be like oh I don't mind whatever you like um sure we could go there instead um or I could do this day um I'm kind of mincing my words I think it's a very kind of um I don't know it's a very I don't want to say UK based thing, but we're not very <laughs> blunt. We can't. <laughs> we, I, um... I, I could see you struggling with that. I could see you about to. I could see you about to say British, British, and then you remembered <laughs> yeah. who you were, and then you were like, um... <laughs> "It's a common thing here to kind of be as polite as we can, say sorry an awful lot when we don't need to, and also skirt around whether we mean we mean yes or no. So naturally, when it comes to the sensitive topic of like sex and intimacy, there'll be other ways than just saying, no, I don't want to do that, or yes, let's try that, or yes, I'm comfortable with this. Additionally, a lot of people think questioning can take away from like the romance or the naturalness and while at times that can be true it's nice to even rather than instead of saying you know would you like to do this every two seconds just checking in checking in and saying are you still okay how are you feeling mm-hmm. um and that can be done in so many different ways so I think this whole idea of no means no obviously no does mean no but so does not too sure or I don't know about that or maybe some other time that needs to be respected a lot more you know so does silence as well oh 100 yeah you said if someone is doesn't say anything what makes you Mm -hmm. think that they're saying yes and again we've discussed why this is a problematic analogy but it is kind of helpful to strip it back down. If I said, Phoebes, do you want a cup of tea? And you just kind of went. As I, I would so ne- often do, I just don't I, <laughs> I would never in a million years go, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. she wants a cup of tea. I'll make her one anyway. No. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Do you know, like you would, in no other situation would you take that to mean yes. So silence is the loudest no in a lot yeah. of ways yeah um, I just think we are all so repressed with talking about sex with anyone but especially with our sexual partners like should that like you can talk about everything else and sometimes you won't talk about that like it's ridiculous it's yeah. another part of your life and like discussing you know boundaries um by the way you will also need like that doesn't eliminate consent you know just because someone says I'm open to trying this doesn't then mean that you don't ask them like at the time what that can do as well is make make the kind of consent part more comfortable 
because if yeah. you've already kind of discussed the possibility of something then you don't feel like you're just like throwing something ridiculous you know out there and when I'm talking about boundaries by the way I'm not talking specifically about anything it could be just in the very early stages of seeing someone almost and that might be a conversation uh, regarding boundaries with like just sex in general like is this someone who like enjoy sex is this a person who is asexual is this a person who has a lot of sexual experience or a little bit of sexual experience and how do they feel is there a lot of anxiety kind of tied up with the idea of Mm -hmm. sex and intimacy or are they really comfortable and they feel very confident in it like those are all boundaries conversation about boundaries and consent they're like so closely linked you touched before on the this idea that consent can like ruin the mood in some ways I get it but I think that that's just because that's the narrative that we have and we watch rom-coms and they just immediately strip and it's like exactly and that's why let's talk about this first (laughs) and this wasn't my favorite show in the world but I know it got a lot of praise for this and I agree with that was that um normal people did a great job very steamy, very <laughs> with so much consent, with so, so much, much, are you okay? Is this okay? Like, you know, we can, can stop I, we like. can stop, yeah. we can, all of this. And that's the dream. <laughs> I literally defy anyone to watch that and be like, yeah, that killed the mood. Another point I wanted to touch upon is that consent can be given and taken away at any stage. Mm-hmm. We assume things about people if you hear in the past that this person has done this, that means that they must enjoy this. And mm-hmm. an example was I watched a Louis Theroux documentary and there was a woman on it who never took her, her rape case mm-hmm. to trial because she just knew, and it's heartbreaking, she just knew that it wouldn't, nothing would come of it. So she was having consensual sex with her partner at the time. And during the sex, he began to like, like, choke her or do things that she immediately was uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. and she tried to say no in the moment and uh, he wasn't listening so essentially while she was having consensual sex she was then raped because of this the sharp turn of kind of nature of the involvement and it's so sad because she knew that if she went to court the pe- the jury would immediately look at her and say well she was having sex in the first place so how could she have been raped this links back to the sort of narrative that we are pushed uh, predominantly in the media about what uh what rape is what assault is which i think actually our perception of those topics is very closely linked to our perception of consent because we're basically taught that that's the only thing that consent is to do with like that's not that's not true it's also to do with comfort it's to do with um pleasure it's to do with intimacy it's to do with respect like it's not just to do with uh you have consent or you don't have consent that's it's not just that and I think part of the narrative that we're sold about rape and about assault is that it always looks the same way and that way is that someone is yelling no 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 I don't want to do this and someone does it anyway and look that happens unfortunately that does happen but 
that's not what you need to be looking for when you're thinking about consent. It's, as we said, it's silence is the same. Just someone being uncomfortable is the same. Someone kind of being like, "Mm, uh, yeah, I guess. Like, that's the same. And I think this is the problem that too many people go into it with this attitude of like, unless they say literally, no, I don't want to do this. They want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you should frame it the other way. Unless they say, yes, I want to do this. I definitely want to do this. Then don't assume. The enthusiasm has to be there. It doesn't have to be a yes, but if you're open to trying it and the enthusiasm's there, then Mm -hmm. that's the green light. But Mm -hmm. if it's something, as you said, like, yeah, I guess, I mean, sure, if you want that does not scream that well first of all that's that ain't sexy (laughs) second of all like that's just that's a that's a red flag what can what can everyone start doing to like even chat to friends about it to kind of challenge our own sort of thinking about it it's something I need to work on too um I read a fantastic book I'm gonna plug it in here it's called sex ed a guide for adults because I mean being from here I had absolutely no sex education um so I get it at the age of rival age of 22 um but I recently finished this book and it's absolutely fantastic I'll kind of put the link if anyone wants any if anyone who's knows it, me and who's you it by? It. oh sorry I should say that um it's by a wonderful individual called Ruby Rare um with lovely illustrations absolutely gorgeous illustrations but if anyone actually knows me and wants to borrow it <laughs> hit me up there's a chapter on consent and ruby rare does a really good job of kind of chatting about consent and what it is in a way that i hadn't thought about so immediately when i thought of consent i thought of sexual assault that's the first thing as we said it's like a buzzword but Ruby Rare is all about pushing this stance and now consequently I am too that consent narrative needs to shift from being a negative kind of fearful thing to pleasure focused Mm -hmm. so I'm going to read a little passage from this chapter um and she said you know consent exists in all aspects of life um, but because sex is so intimate and vulnerable it's really important in like a sexual environment in a sexual context um to to understand what consent means it's about communication agency and respect it's pleasure focused it should be given enthusiastically it can be withdrawn altered at any time and it's not an all or nothing situation but most of the time and this is the bit that really struck me most of the time we're navigating consent in order to have a fun time rather than to protect ourselves from danger but we just we just don't think about it that way if we hear consent we think of right was there danger involved she says there's often much more emphasis on communicating what you don't want when in reality consent is much more about communicating what you do want and I Mm -hmm. think that is such an empowering way to think about it Mm -hmm. so even for you to as we said earlier lay out the boundaries even before you go into kind of uh, that situation with someone kind of chatting about what you like what you enjoy figure out for yourself what you like that is so important to your self-esteem your kind of confidence in yourself and something that's also important is that it's a great thing to ask like what are you like like you know yes. like, why are you... but also understanding that not everyone is comfortable with answering that question it's true also Some people don't know that's what I was gonna say it's Whoa. fine it is literally fine to be like you know I'm not sure I'm not yes. sure 
sometimes you'll have that gut instinct no that wouldn't be for me I don't want uh -huh. to that but then that can be so great too communicating consent in a way of saying I'm not too sure if I like that but I'd love mm -hmm. to try it you know and, yeah or I'd be open to trying it and I think exactly. it's just all about communication at the end of the day isn't it for some reason we like so many of us will literally more readily have sex with someone than talk about sex with that same person yes I Which was thinking about this the other day and sometimes if you're put in a situation where you do need to chat about it you're like I'm uncomfy why am I uncomfy mm -hmm. so many people so readily will do it but just not mm -hmm. chat about it mm -hmm. because chatting about it isn't if chatting about it started became started to become like a trope in films it would immediately be sexy I'm 100% mm -hmm. sure of that mm -hmm. but as Aretha Franklin made famous she first said respect she invented that word she did she said find out what it means to me and that's what yeah. you gotta do with consent <laughs> yeah. while we've been having this conversation it's it's difficult because as we said at the beginning it's simple and it's confusing it's complicated and it's basic and I think what that really comes down to is that we have been sold a narrative where consent is black and white and it's not so trying to explain that feels complicated but when you strip it down to really what it is it's a lot more about judgment in the in the moment you know we can't sit down here and write out a list of rules what we should really be educating uh, kids and adults as well about is more just like this is something you need to do you need to use your judgment it's not a case of asking once and then going right that's the job done no you have to be mindful of it and it's not hard to be mindful of it if you respect someone what I'm getting to is it it, it frustrates me sometimes that I find it difficult to articulate why it's so simple because yeah. I feel like it's been made into a complicated thing when it when it's not it's not and I think people get very worried about it and that causes people to not want to talk about it that causes people to be defensive against it you know yeah. so before we wrap it up well let's think about kind of personal goals so we can I'm sure we can both kind of work on things when it comes to consent mm -hmm. um I'm just incorporating it into our everyday lives and that can come in lots of different ways mm -hmm. um so for me personally, I think I would like to try and take a lot more comfort and confidence in my own agency. And that is literally with everything. I am such a pushover. I shouldn't have said that on a, a recording, but you know, people can simply, simply push me over. But what I'm trying to do is kind of be more confident in kind of, and I've gotten better at it, vocalizing my opinions or even just if a friend says oh I want to do this and I'm so tired like just saying no mm -hmm. is absolutely fine as well and that consent links into that as well so even just uh -huh. vocalizing more in my everyday life things I want to do things I don't want to do things I like things I don't like mm -hmm. I think that is kind of a, a personal thing that I would really love to work on and mm -hmm. um, so have you got one Anita at all you'd like to share it can be yeah. sexy or not sexy do you know what is so nice is that I feel like my goal is like the flip side of your goal because you you think your personal goal is to do with like uh kind of empowering yourself more your own autonomy like being more comfortable just like saying no to things and being more vocal mine's almost like the opposite like I want to uh not that I want to be less comfortable but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I want to be in is... danger <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
but like what I mean is I'm coming from the opposite perspective my personal goal is to be more proactive with conversations with with friends with partners with family with anyone in my life about boundaries and about consent because I know that I have a very repressed soul and I'm not going to talk about things anyway but when you do you feel so much better I'm just trying to push myself to be I guess more vocal the same way that that you are but almost from like the opposite like I am not waiting for other people to initiate those conversations anymore like I'll initiate I love I'll ask them like yes we're coming from the same place there because we're both talking about empowering ourselves and our own Mm -hmm. autonomy but for you it's more about uh the reply and for me it's more about the question you know I want the person to ask why don't we just get together (laughs) hey JK on Les um no I think that that's really cool what you said because a lot of the time we have all of our insecurities things we don't like in our head that we overthink and overthink and overthink and then once you finally get it out there it's not nearly half as bad just getting that out sometimes can be amazing and I think it's it's um, I assume I mean I'm not good at doing it either but chatting and things about about asking questions about boundaries chatting about it and being more open in the way we've both just said is going to do wonders for us Thank you, everyone. That concludes our episode on consent. Thank you for listening. Sex, 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 sex. Goodbye.